So, John? Yes? Feeling comfy? Actually, I am. I'm in my recliner. Then let's begin. So, you are feeling comfy today. Welcome back, everyone, yep. to Out of the Main, the comfy podcast. Um, <laughs> comfy and cozy, are we? Uh, so, you're in the recliner over there? I am. Yes, it's. Uh, I'm in Studio R, I guess. What's What's the R stand for? Recliner. Ah. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to bring up my favorite nautical joke. Um, yeah, the pirate yes. joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. What's a pirate's favorite letter? And you would think R, but really it's the C. Yes, yes. All Which right. is a good segue into today's topic, sort of. And we are discussing the notion of comfy. Have you seen this acronym out there in the Facebook verse? I have. I've seen it a lot. And I had to, I actually at one point had to ask what it meant. And then once, comfy. yes, once it was explained to me that it stands for commonly mistaken for yacht. And um, I found out that it was coined by uh, a member of many of the Yacht Rock groups. And uh, I was going to say listener, Dennis. Dennis Albright is his name. I got the uh, approval to use his whole name. And, you know, some acronyms really capture. It's not just the letters, but it also captures what it is. This is like the perfect acronym, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, did you get any more background from uh, listener Dennis on how he or, or what made him want to come up with this? I asked him that, and he said, "Speaks for itself." Speaks <laughs> it does. So, all right, so let's maybe frame it a little bit. So, our understanding of what a comfy song is obviously it's one that's commonly mistaken for yacht rock, um, and then you say it has the double meaning of being comfy because it's usually a soft rock tune. I think that's true. Yeah, I the way I see it is that. Um, a lot of people, probably everybody that comes into the understanding of what Yacht Rock is, comes in from a, sp a place where they think they know what it means, and they may partially know what it means, but the more time you spend really digging into Yacht Rock in its truest form, in its studied form, you start to realize that a lot of these things that sort of surround Yacht Rock that maybe appear on playlists or appear on things like Sirius Radio, songs that aren't really Yacht Rock, but often get lumped in. So when people are constantly reinforced with hearing these songs in a Yacht Rock sort of environment, they automatically assume that they are Yacht Rock. So they end up being commonly mistaken for Yacht Rock. And we should, I guess, establish, maybe if we have any new listeners, that we are um, referring to the technical definition of Yacht Rock being those songs that are, quote-unquote, certified by the OGs, right? The original gangsters, or original gentlemen who yeah. invented the term Yacht Rock. Um, so it needs to be, a technically speaking... I mean, you can live your life however you want to live it, but if technically speaking... <laughs> and I will, thank you. It, yes, it needs to be a 50 or higher to be quote-unquote Yacht Rock, and then there's all sorts of other songs that either have been certified as Yacht or not Yacht Rock, right. or just haven't been certified at all. They're just, you can't technically call them Yacht Rock if they haven't been certified, is the general rule of thumb. Yeah, there's probably also an acronym out there or something that would service the, uh, well, it's on my boat uh, <laughs> response to that. I haven't quite uh, workshopped that yet. Oh, it's almost WIMBY. You know, the <laughs> acronym NIMBY, not in my backyard? Yeah. Well, it's my boat, 
Y'all, Yacht. y'all. It's my boat. Well, it's my boat, y'all. Wimby. Okay, we did it. Wimby. Uh, I got. I think. I bet a few songs uh, that we were going to go over today yeah. would fit into the Wimby category. So, um, we thought we would look at the whole. I'll call it a subgenre yeah. of com- comfy, um, and talk through maybe. I think there's varying degrees. At least this is how I'm framing it. There's mm-hmm. the good. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> so I'll give you some quick examples of good. So let's say you you have uh, Somebody's Baby by yeah. Jackson Brown on your playlist, right? Now, technically, it's not certified. It's 49.75. But, you know, it has all the feels. It has a lot of the characteristics. JD himself, I think, gave it a 60. I think there were three scores over 50 and one real low that brought it under your Mendoza line that you like to refer to. So that's a good mess, right? Yes. Yes. Good mess. And if you include it in your playlist, I don't think you're going to Yacht Rock Jail or anything. No. Well, so what would you call... So good, bad. So what, what's the difference between bad and ugly in your book then? Well, I'll give you some more examples. Okay. You're going to so, use uh, up all my examples, but that's okay. I doubt it. I got plenty. Was somebody's baby on your example? No. Okay, so we're 0 for 1. <laughs> A bad would be Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett, because you clearly have not yet figured out that Yacht Rock is not boat music. Yeah. That's a common mistake, especially for those that say, "Well, it's on my boat," or it's what I, <laughs> or they say it's what I listen to when I'm on my boat. Well, again, that's not really relevant, <laughs> though you think it would be. Yeah, and we used to think it was. <laughs> yes, um, but that's a wimby. So that's kind of a bad miss. Um, and then there's the ugly, oh. and I'm sure this isn't on your list. And that would be a song like Harry Nilsson's "Coconut." Well, that's the ugliest of the ugly. I think yes. Yeah, There's just, a fruit called ugly. Uh, yeah, ironically, U L G or U G L I. I think right. You ain't got no alibi. I don't know. Yeah, so that would be. Uh, it's like so far off. It's like now you're just either trolling or you just have <laughs> spent no time trying to figure out what yacht rock really is. Nor do you care. Yeah, and it's. And you know what? Our friends at Sirius actually play that song. I know. So. And if you were to ask the people that want to defend that song, ask them what their defense is for that song, their response would be. Well, it's on Wimby. my boat, y'all. <laughs> Wimby. Yeah, like, no, that's not a defense. Yeah. That's an error. Uh, no, yeah, that's a uh, deferral. Compounding the error. Yes. Yeah. So I've gone through, I've, I've got a selection of uh, a few songs. You have the same. Mm-hmm. So let's explore this subgenre a little bit. Okay. Um, and we can dive in. Would you like to go first so I don't st- steal yours right off the bat? Yeah, because you know probably what my first one was going to be. To me, this is the king of comfy right here. This is probably the most thought to be yacht rock song that is not a yacht rock song that has to be the bane of my existence right jerry rafferty's baker street a 29.25 it is not yacht rock folks But it's in the heavy rotation on certain yacht rock playlists and compilations and radio stations etc yeah why do you hate it so much? Because you hate the song or because it's so not Yacht Rock and it just bothers you that it's included? That's more it. I'm ho-hum on the song. I don't dislike it. I'm kind of lukewarm on it. But I think that the error comes from the thinking that anything that is saxophone heavy must be Yacht Rock. And, and it's got a kind of a clean recording. And I think that there are... <sighs> Neither of those things are that to me that it the the type of sax playing on that is not reflective of yacht rock style. 
number one. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the recording is all that pristine. When you dig into it and compare it to some of the stuff like the Giroux stuff, the, you know, the Graydon is produced in Foster and stuff. So, I, you know, but I, it's probably the most common one. So it, it's like getting jabbed with a knife in the back over and over and over again. Are you going to go so far as to call that ugly, or is it just bad? Hmm, bad. I think bad. Yeah, because I think um, there's enough um, there. It's a soft rock song, so it's not completely irrelevant, but... I agree. All right, so I'm on the bad category as well. So okay. I'm glad you got that off your chest. <sighs> but you're forcing me to jump ahead on my list, okay? which I will do. If that one is bad, where do you come down on the sister song, Jerry Rafferty's Right Down the Line? Now, let me just, before you answer, just, I agree that it is comfy. It's not Yacht Rock. It's commonly mistaken. It's a little higher on the Yachtsky scale, if you're curious. It's 32.25. Um, they're not trying to sneak it in with some sexy sacks. It's got some sort of bounce. Maybe not the doobie bounce, but there's no denying a bounce. Uh, recorded quality, again, is maybe not quite to the level of Yacht Rock, but it seems a little cleaner than Baker Street. So, good, bad, or ugly. Oh, it's borderline between good and bad. I think it's, uh, I don't put it that far off from Baker Street. I know they're the same album. I don't separate the two all that much. So I'm going to stick with a bad plus rating on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like going to ordering Thai food. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, there's uh, mild, hot, in uh, medium, in, but there's 10 levels. Of but that. I always get so, mild plus, yeah, <laughs> or medium plus. <laughs> yeah, three options with 10 levels. Um, and I'm going to do the same because I think I would put it, I don't know, I could forgive someone for putting it on a Yacht Rock list, even though it's wrong. So it's commonly mistaken. I would say that's a bad miss with a little bit of leg room. Okay. Do we want to stick with the goods or the bads or the uglies or just kind of whatever? Do it random and then we'll, uh, that way we'll just kind of classify as we go. I wonder if there's going to be any disagreement so far, not yet. Okay. Then um, I think this is one that maybe is, can be debatable. So it'll be interesting to see where you come down on time passages. (laughs) Time passages. I just heard the song the other oh, did day. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, man, that is not Yacht Rock, but it is comfy. Oh, geez. <laughs> I put it slightly better than the song we were just talking about right down the line, uh, yeah. but still well short of being Yacht Rock in my mind. Well, uh, However, I've commonly mistaken it. You got a Yatsky number in front of you? Yeah, you're right on it. 35.75, and I think that's pretty good. I would call that I think it maybe deserves a couple more points than that, maybe getting close to 40. I know that's being really picky, but for that reason, I might call that, I could see where that would be a good miss. I, I, I get where people can think they're hearing a little jazzy influence in it, and therefore I could I could be a little more forgiving on that. Yeah. Now that you say that, there's this long sax section, which is pretty darn good, actually. Maybe we mm-hmm. can play a little of that right here. starts to want to get to be Yacht Rock. I'm going to give that a good. Is that where okay. you ended up on that? That's where I end up on that. Yep. Good mix. And I, I'm probably right where you're at in terms of the 40-ish type of score. All right. Okay. Let's make this a little more difficult. 
I think I know your answer on it, but let's just discuss it. Okay. I just want to stop by Gino Vanelli. Let me remind you that that was the winner of our Yacht Invitational Tournament. It is only a 44.25. Where do you stand on that? It's comfy. Yeah. Should it, th- should I, it be? I think it absolutely deserves at least 10 more points. I think that's definitely a Yacht Rock song to my ear. For Me too. And again, we keep mentioning the sax, and that's not enough to just make it Yacht Rock. But the sax and the approach and the recording quality, the bass line, the slight hippity hop in the bomb. I mean, it seems like it's all there. Maybe not to be a perfect Yacht Rock song. No, but uh, because it starts off and the first thing you would, would notice about it if you're analyzing it as a Yacht Rock song is it comes out as a ballad. So therefore, it's kind of an unwritten rule that ballads are not Yacht Rock songs. I know there's exceptions to that. But once you hear it as a ballad, that immediately puts you in a place of, okay, this is not a Yacht Rock song unless it proves me otherwise. You know, it's innocent till proven guilty or guilty <laughs> till proven innocent kind of thing. I think it has enough going on to get it above 50. I'm not talking 90, but above 50. Well, I'll give you two people who agree with you. Okay. Hunter and Steve out of the OGs. All right. 52 and 51. And then JD, 42. Dave's way down at 32. So Mm. this reminds me of, I think that's even who it faced off against in the NIT was somebody's baby maybe was in the finals. To me, those are two songs that I bet if they had to do it over again, they might altered their score. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get to that. I have some commentary on that, but I think we'll get to that a little bit later. Well, let me just... I, I stumbled upon another acronym as okay. I'm thinking here. And that would be an ogre. <laughs> oh, what does that mean? <laughs> so, and Somebody's baby is an ogre because yeah. I can't remember who it was, but they said that they would go change their score if they had to do it all over again. So an ogre is an OG, original gangster, like we're calling the four gentlemen, Regrettable error. <laughs> so an ogre. I'm putting this Gino Vanelli tune in the ogre category because that is yacht rock, and you can't convince me otherwise. All right, then I'm going to give you my commentary on that. Commentate, it, please. It, what that is is that I think going back to how I started this whole thing, saying that everybody comes into it from an area where their understanding of what yacht rock is is one thing, and over time, as you spend more time with it, it evolves, it becomes more refined, and I think. That's true of them as well. So when they started this thing, I don't know how serious they were uh, about really legitimizing a scale, but I think over time, even they began to understand more of what they were talking about with the term yacht rock as they drilled down on it more. And so as a result, they went through a learning curve just like we do, right? So I think we can forgive and give some grace to some of the rulings that they had because they're no different than us. You know, they were just further ahead on the timeline in terms of understanding what it is because they invented it. You know, what would be interesting to analyze or cross analyze. I agree with you. Um, We might have to put listener Greg on the case or somebody who's got more time than you or I can devote additionally to Yacht Rock. (laughs) And that is to go through and do an analysis of a song like this that maybe is an ogre and where in the lifespan of the podcast was it rated? So if it was rated very early in the first season, for example, might that score have been different in the fifth season or something? This is... 
you know, I don't know how many seasons they had, but for reference, this is on, uh, we're talking about, I just want to stop. Let me look at it really quick. Uh, yacht or not 42 episodes. So oh, it's somewhere in the middle, actually. Yeah. Cause yeah. Didn't they do a hundred. I believe they did a hundred. So? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. all right. Well, that's an ogre as is somebody's baby. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've lost track. Who's up? Well, I've lost track of are we uh, on ogres or are we still doing comfies? You can do well. We're doing it's all one thing today. All righty then. All right. So we've introduced that. So then uh, this one just goes without saying. I got to get this one off my chest too because this is the ugliest of the ugly. Because you already did this one. No, 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 no. Baker Street. This is worse than coconut. It just doesn't get the play that coconut does. But every once in a while. And maybe more than every once in a while on the Yacht Rock pages, somebody, and I don't think they're trolling, puts up wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. (laughs) (laughs) No, come on. I'm serious because they think also they think that sundown or any of that Gordon Lightfoot stuff is. And so then they say, oh, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. It's about boating. No, it isn't. It's about an absolute disaster. Yeah, it's it's really about the opposite of boating. Yes. (laughs) What not to do. Yeah, sinking. Do not follow me for more tips. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, that's a uh, that's ugly. Um, I can't even say that's bad. That's just okay. ugly. There's nothing about it. All right, I'm gonna uh, let's see. Oh, here's one. Oh, this is gonna be a tough one. You want the? T- I'll give you the tough okay. one. Then I'll uh, follow it up with a layup for you. But all right, where do you stand on Dave Mason? We just disagree. So let's leave it alone. Uh, I think that is definitely in the comfy category, and I think that's a good miss. Yes, I would say it's a good mix. Uh, sorry, good miss. It's down at 17.75 on the Yasky scale. Ooh, so it's an ogre, too, I would bet. Yeah, <laughs> it's a comfy ogre, uh, but it's also a wimby because yeah. I I can't take that song out of my Yacht Rock playlist or just separate it from no. Yacht Rock. I know like technically all the reasons it's not. Same. But it's just such a good tune. And it, you know, Dave Mason's a guy that flirted with these personnel and was personnel himself and all that stuff. So right in the pocket, the recording's beautiful. Like, hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't have the jazzy thing but it's also again it establishes so much as a strummy acoustic song that even later on when the groove kicks in it's already the decision's already been made it's like the gong show they gong you before you even get to the first chorus <laughs> i wonder if some of these scores came out like right then as soon as they heard the opening strum yeah like 12 <laughs> yeah exactly that's uh yacht or not 93 so we're really they've probably hit at their wits end at this point we're no like, that ah. could be true yeah maybe <laughs> yeah okay what about um where do you stand on uh, this one? Captain and Tennille's Love Will Keep Us Together. Uh, 
I literally just heard this song right before we came on. Um, and I've always considered it fully not and would uh, it would be a bad miss for me. But today I heard it, and I don't know if I'm in a good mood or what, or feeling comfy. Uh, there's something about that groove that feels almost derivative of our doobie bounce. And so I'm going to call it a good miss, actually. Yeah. That, that, I think that's what they thought because they actually have it rated above the Mendoza line, 51.75. But Ooh. when I hear that groove that you're talking about, I can see where it can be mistaken for a derivative of the doobie bounce, but I don't hear it feeling remotely the same. I can I can see that if you wrote it out on paper, it might look the same, but the way it's being played, the way it's being recorded, it doesn't feel remotely like it has the nuance. So I would po- I would call that a good miss if it were, you know, below forty or something. But they've got it at fifty one point seven five. So that's like an ogre in the opposite direction, an ogre or something. I don't know what that would be. But I so- wonder. I wonder if they would revisit that one. Hmm. Yeah, because I I don't think it should be over the Mendoza line by any stretch. But I would say yeah, forty mid forties, and you know, not everyone has the ear that maybe you do in terms of understanding the difference in musical theory between the doobie bounce and a bouncy sounding organ that's kind of going back and forth. But if you're going to put out a scale that goes down two decimal places, you got to know what you're talking about, right? <laughs> Well, they rounded. It went to the thousands, and they rounded to the hundredths. Well, that's, that might be it. Um, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I'm going to put this one right in your wheelhouse, right in your nautical wheelhouse, uh, just because I wanted the bell. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to let you opine on Doubles, Captain of the Heart. Too long ago, too long apart She couldn't wait another day for The captain of the heart That is bad, miss, but it does come up. And, man, there is that word, captain. Man, and, and <laughs> well, it's even got the sax in there. It's soprano sax, but it, there's nothing about it musically that is remotely hot rock. I'm sorry. Doesn't the music video have a guy like walking around on a dock in this preppy like baby wave outfit? That's what I recall. I, I haven't know. watched MTV in a few years, so I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm just going from memory. Hey, while yeah. you keep opining, I'm going to look it up. Okay, uh, my opinion on that is no. I'll just I'll I'll set the stage for the next one because well, I didn't, well, real quick, we didn't get a ruling out of you other than you, you hate no. it. ugly. No, I said I think that that's a bad miss. I don't know if it goes so far as ugly, but bad miss. It's Captain of Her Heart. Hold on. I had the title wrong. Okay. The official music video. Wait for Ed. So I, I consider that one ugly. I don't know if I said that. Okay. Not, but that's like, because now we're talking in the Sophistapop realm, you know, we're not even in the right country for it to be West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> might know? not even be the West Coast of Coast Europe. Of England. Yeah. Of England, yeah. Oh, Let's boy. Let's see here. Come on. I'm s- well, it turns out I'm remembering that video wrong. But, okay. Uh, so, Okay. Moving on, then. So that was uh, my softball to you. What do you got? Oh, I have an, actually an ogre question to okay. you. Uh, the, the question revolves around the song Lionel Richie's All Night Long. And the reason I want to ask you about the ogre is that it got a composite 61, but obviously was brought way up by JD's score of 91. Do you Ooh. think... Now, with everything they know, everything we know, he would still give that a 91? 
No. I mean, we don't know JD at all, but I can't no. imagine that he would. Well, no. And what? What? I don't think so. What are the other scores? Do you have that in front of you? I don't. Hold on. I do. All right. Hunter's got it below the Mendoza line at 49, as does Steve, 45, and Dave's got it at 59. So comfortably in, but the other guys got him as comfy and out. Yes, if you brought that 91 down to even the composite of 61, I think that would end up below the Mendoza. Probably. Uh, And if you eliminated it altogether, like the Russian judges often are, then it's definitely... uh, under and I would put it under yeah, myself. I'm, I'm with Hunter and Steve, so hmm, well we'll have to find out. All right, they, they want. Where do you want to go? Um, I'm going to go to a song that goes into your opening monologue about how when you come into Yacht Rock and you found it via. I don't know, a compilation, mm-hmm. a satellite radio station, and you're being pre-wired to think of songs that are, com- they're really comfy, but you're kind of getting pre-wired to think of them as Yacht Rock, and then you've got to train your brain out of that. And here's a song for me that I would say fits that category, and that's Hall & Oates' Sarah Smile. Sarah. Hmm. All right. Well, I actually have She's Gone on my list, so maybe they both go in the same uh, debate. The same. I think they do. Although I th- it seems to me that's... Do you agree Sarah Smile is played more often, at least than some of those things I was describing? Could be. What's the number you got for... I got 42.75 on She's Gone. And 32.0000 on Sarah Smile. Maybe that's why I grabbed She's Gone, only because it was closer. But I think the question still remains, are either of those... Yacht rock songs, though they're both, I think, comfy. I think they're commonly mistaken for yacht. Yeah, to me, Sarah Smile is one of those wimbies because it, despite everything I now know, it still gives me that feel that I originally got when I heard it as I was getting indoctrinated mm-hmm. into the fake yacht rock, the comfy. It's like, oh, that's it. That is the feeling. And so to me, that makes it a Good miss, in my opinion, at least in my purview. Okay. I, I think they're both good misses, but I was actually thinking about Hall & Oates today because I know you know that I am a huge Hall & Oates fan, yet so many times on this show I end up talking them down. But that's only from the Yacht Rock perspective. And I was trying to think of why would so much of their stuff, particularly She's Gone and then Sarah Smile, as I said, is similar. Why are those considered often to be Yacht Rock when they're really not? And I think it's the misunderstanding of we always talk about if it has a R&B influence or a jazz influence. So it's it's got that blue-eyed soul with the R&B influence, but really their influence is more of a, a Philly soul influence. And I know I'm picking at nits here, but <laughs> <laughs> the point being is that it's not the, the right kind of R&B influence to me to make a song like that feel like a Yacht Rock song. It still just feels like an East Coast area soul song. And the recording quality does not stack up to uh, Yacht Rock stuff. But I think it's a misunderstanding that they they hear a certain amount of R&B flavor and they think, oh, well, that's kind of crossed with Hall & Oates, which is sort of a blue-eyed soul thing. Then, you know, that must be Yacht Rock. But really, to me, it it doesn't feel like it's the right blend of those two things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um, I think what you just described is probably why I'm still like having a hard time convincing myself. It's definitely not Yacht Rock, um, even though I know 
intellectually. It's not. Right. Just curious though. Kiss on my list is so high at sixty two. That's gotta be all around that piano groove which we've talked about which is sort of the doobie bounce back back and forth back, you almost see a metronome swinging back and right. forth and then private eyes has the same thing going on and they're down at 42 yeah we did a thing uh i don't remember if it was first or second season where i laid the two on top of each other yeah it, and you can hear that they go right on top of each other feel chords you know key i barely had to adjust the tempo to get them to lay together and so how can one be in and the other be out when they're pretty much the same <laughs> right uh, all right well i got a grievance to air is okay. it my turn even though we both did hollow notes it is your turn so here's my version of your uh baker street oh, oh boy <laughs> because i don't think i even like the song oh. and that makes it worse <laughs> ride captain ride by blues image oh gosh I, that is ugly. I so agree with that. That is so ugly. Just because it's ride? Yeah. Captain? Captain. Right. That's it. Uh, oh, That's it. Jeez. It's horrible. <laughs> get, get rid of it. Get it out. <laughs> out, out, out. <laughs> Let me just see. Just curiosity. Did they rate it? Yeah, they did. 15.5. Wow. That's generous. <laughs> it's, it's from 1972. <laughs> yeah, it is. It should be. <laughs> I think the Eagle should be higher than some of that. Um but 1970, it doesn't even sound right. It's like so, like just classic Rocky. Ugh, hate it. All right, uh, I know we're getting close. Uh, we're getting low on time, so I got two quick ones to rifle off at you. They're, All right, they're, then I'll do two quick. These ones. are two quick ogre questions. One is about Ray Parker's "Christmas Time Is Here." Hunter <laughs> Hunter gave that a 100. Do you think he would ever give that a 100 again? Is because um, that implies it's a perfect yacht rock song, and I yeah, he was just full of the Christmas spirit. Okay, you know, so then this other one. I heard this on the radio today. Eye in the Sky. I don't know how people think that is a Yacht Rock song, but actually two of the judges gave it over 50, and it's a composite 41.25, and I don't think it's anywhere close. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, but one day I heard that song, just when I think of the song in my head, okay, I'm like, God, that is so not a Yacht Rock song. Then one day I heard it, and I'm like, there's something about that. I don't know what it is. I just threw it in my playlist anyway. <laughs> I would say name one Not Yacht Rock care. element. There's, can you name one Yacht Rock element that's in that song? And they, you can't. Well, it's my boat, y'all. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. My quick ones. Um, right. Actually, I have a bunch that bear discussion. So we're going to have to come back and do this. Oh, I got time. plenty so, that bear discussion. I just know what the uh, clock is saying. Okay. Well, let me uh, just throw this out as a, a twofer. Where do you stand on Couldn't Get It Right and I Love You by Climax Blues Band? Both good misses on my part. Yeah, I agree. And even though I love you so low, we've talked about that song. It's slow, it's ballady, whatever. It's still, to me, it's very yachty. Definitely comfy, but good mess. Yep. So that's that one. And let me just, because it's our one of our favorite um, uh, commonly mistaken for yacht rock artists, we've been trying... F- almost since the beginning of this podcast to work James Taylor somehow into the steerage of the ship uh, mm. to stow him away. Mm. Where do you come? There's a lot of people that advocate for her town too. listen to the electric piano in this one. I advocated for that once. 
Uh, and I think I would still probably, there's parts of it where I'm sure it's, it is. And then I go through periods where, nah, not really. So I guess I would call that comfy, the, a good comfy miss. Good comfy. Yeah. Yep. That's where I'm at too. Um, and I'm going to save one for the lightning round. Hoo-hoo. Are you ready to move in? Move on? And move in, up? on, up, where, wherever. All right, here we go. All right, well, I have a quick found at sea for you. This one doesn't have a musical drop in, but we're several months beyond the launch of when Rolling Stone put out their dubious list, as all these lists are. Is this the most dubious songs ever? No. The dubious du- list? No, dubious, O U S at the end. Oh, yes. gotcha. Okay. okay, that's different. <laughs> Quite. So, Rolling Stone, you know, these lists are always clickbaity, and I can go into why we shouldn't necessarily give them too much credibility, but they are fun to talk through. Rolling Stone did their list of the best 200 vocalists of all time. Now, I don't know if you've looked at that, if you've delved into it, but I'm curious as to when I say that, best vocalists of all time, who quickly pops to mind for you? Uh, Well, this is going to be a loaded answer because I've had time to think about it, and I know my answer is number two. But I would say that Whitney Houston is the best vocalist of all time. Mm. Okay. And she was number two? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah, okay. I like that pick. And uh, I don't know why she didn't make my quick list. I was just rattling off uh, names, and she just didn't pop to mind. But Streisand was the first one that pops to mind to me. I don't think anybody interprets a song like her. Freddie Mercury, Karen Carpenter, Johnny Mathis, Prince... Ella Fitzgerald, Luther, Shaka Khan, Sam Cooke, and Daryl Hall are all the ones that just popped into my list. I haven't ordered them, but... Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yep. Um, and there's a big kerfuffle because Celine Dion is not even in the top 200, which, oh, you wow. know me, yeah. I'm not a huge Celine Dion fan. No, but she belongs but in that list, yeah. She belongs in the top 50. Well, here, here's another question then. Should there be anybody on that list post-2010, not because they can't sing... But we don't know because the technology yeah. that allows them to fix and align and tune and even live the, the the techniques that they use, whether it's support vocal tracks in their ears or they're singing along with an existing pre-tuned track or there's live auto-tune, we can't really judge them. So I know that there were some recent people on the list, but that's because these lists have to try and serve every demographic and that goes to the dubious nature. Again, so the doobies were on this list or were not? Did Michael McDonald make the list? I don't know. I don't know. I keep forgetting. He should, though. Um, All right, what do you got? Just real quick on that point, though, there is even speculation, and far be it for me to spill tea, but there is speculation that not all of Mariah Carey's recorded tracks are, in fact, Mariah Carey singing them. Really? So there you go. Yeah, look into that with your own Google machine. Okay. So anyway, I guess I did spill the tea. Uh, I am going to do a special edition of Found at Sea because this was sent to us from listener. Um, who is this? Listener Tom. <laughs> Wait, what? how could I forget? <laughs> listener Tom. Is it okay, like something so you copyrighted, you know, poor man's copyright? You put it in the mail, mail it to yourself? <laughs> people used <laughs> no, to do there's that. Other listeners, Tom. I even know his last initial is L. Oh, okay. So it's so, not you. And mine is not. No. Yeah. in. So I'm going to, it's going to be name that tune. Okay. And I'm going to play a little bit of the beginning. I'll give you context. This song is comfy. It's 35.25 on the Yatsky scale. Okay. Okay. Commonly mistaken for Yacht Rock. I'm going to try to play one note and see if you can come up with it. All right. All right. So hold on. I got it. 
What is it? It's Escape, uh, Pina Colada song. Oh, let's play it. It's the love the jungle. It is not Escape, the Pina Colada song. Ha <laughs> Listener Tom, we've done it. Um, this is actually an early demo. It became Escape the Pina Colada oh, no, song. That's, that's Dirty Pool here. It is called The Law of the Jungle. <laughs> it was The Law of the Jungle. You gotta go listen to uh, it. All right. So, my question to you is, if that song, with not being about pina coladas and the stupid want ads and all that song, I feel like that song belongs as Yacht Rock, even despite all the marks against it. Because, yeah. to me, it sounds like yeah, there's that uh, palm mutes, there's the bounce uh the recording's pretty pristine i i always felt that it needed more yacht rock cred than it was given and maybe it's being like you say down you know downgraded because of the pina colada that is maybe seen as a backdoor attempt to get into yacht rock but that groove feels like it could fit well within the yacht rock uh you know, canon. Yep. All right. Well, we got to get the OGs to rate uh, the law of the jungle to see where that falls. <laughs> on the All right. All right. So good job, Tom. All right. And the other Tom who sent that in also good job. Yeah. My buried treasure this week is uh, something that maybe could have been ripped right off of our episode that we did during our hiatus called, uh, yeah, yeah. What was it? Uh, sometimes when we touch, sometimes when we touch. Yeah. Yes. This is, to me, a buried treasure, maybe not yacht, probably a little more comfy than anything. But Engelbert Humperdinck. Whoa. Two lovers. Whoa. Two lovers in the middle of the night, holding on. Two lovers for the rest of our lives, going strong. There's never been a love so right where we belong. Yeah. It's got that 80s ballad sound going, doesn't it? Do you, do you remember it? No. Or no? No, I do not. Oh, it instantly came back to me the first time I heard it. Wow. Hmm. So, so buried that you don't even remember it, but hopefully you'll treasure Maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good tune. Check it out, y'all. All right. Well, I have one that's been sitting in my list for a long, long time, and I went back and kind of re-listened through my lightning round potentials list to see what jumped out at me, and this one did. From 1984... This is, it was produced and arranged by David Diggs, who is a definitely a way below the sonar yacht artist. Uh, but he was producing this for a uh, Christian artist, Michael Gonzalez. The song is called Waiting for Love. So personnel on that, I couldn't really find. To me, it sounds like there's personnel on there. To me, the drummer sounds like it's probably Jeff Percaro, but I couldn't find any verification of that. So That was the first question that came to mind as soon as I heard the opening groove. I'm like, all right, personnel? It sounds like Percaro. Yeah, it kind of sounds like that uh, 213 album that had all those kind of guys, and mm. it was that unfinished record that eventually got finished and released. True, true. All right, that's nice. Right. I have to add that to my uh, playlist here. All right, so we're going off the map next, right? That's right. And snake draft style, that goes to me. So uh, I have a 
as you know, a huge, huge list where I took all of my different genres that I like from the 70s, whether it be the rock stuff, the adult contemporary, the funk, and I also have the 80s stuff broken out into different genres like the Minneapolis sound, the pop sound, the synth pop, all that stuff. So I took all of those and made this one huge list because... Sometimes I want variety, but I want to stay within 70s and 80s. So I've got this huge list called 70s and 80s Complete that is just eons long. Mm. But the beauty of it is, is I can put it on, hit shuffle, and pretty much always hear something that I like. Well, the other day, I, it went through a stretch where it played a couple Yacht Rock songs in a row. And then this song came on. And even though this is an artist that I do not remotely associate with Yacht Rock, this particular song, which would have been an album cut, had a bounce to it that felt like it it at least fit well with those songs. So maybe this is sort of a comfy kind of situation where it it definitely is not Yacht Rock, but felt good mixed in with the Yacht Rock stuff. And this is from 38 Special. Again, 1984. The Tour de Force album. And this is a deep cut called I Oughta Let Go. You know what that reminds me of? <laughs> it reminds me of like when Pure Prairie League tried to dip a toe into the harbor. Yeah. It's like you, you could hear the roots still there. Yes. But they're definitely like experimenting with the sound. Yeah. You could hear that if that was produced somewhat differently, it could land right on the boat. Yeah, absolutely. Reminds me like of Exile too as well. Yep. 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 Oh, that's a good find. Wow. Uh-huh. Well, my um, off the map could also have been a found at sea because it's contributed uh, to uh, us via listener Cody. Mails in. It's a, a modern act. This album's from 1997, and uh, a band I was not familiar with. Have you ever heard of Parliament Syndicate? No. If you had stopped at just Parliament, I would have said yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it probably <laughs> would have been from 97. True. Parliament Syndicate, if I if you could judge a book by its cover, the cover of their records, this youngish band pretty big band and they have a lot of um woodwinds and violins and horns and all this stuff so this is a tune um called lovely day it's not a cover of the lovely day that we know of that is a comfy song Um, but here's their version of lovely day That definitely has some uh, jazzy influence, though not Yacht Rock, but yeah, that's... uh, It's a good fit. It is a good fit. Nice. Dare I say it's a comfy fit. It might be. I don't even know. Well, it's 97. I don't think people would hear that and think it's Yacht Rock, but uh, I would say (laughs) it's a good off-the-map fit for sure. Exactly. Yeah, it's a comfy off-the-map. I don't know. (laughs) So we've got (laughs) comfy. We've established comfy. Wimby, which I think an ogre. So I think all three of those should stick. Definitely comfy. Thank you to Dennis Albright, was it? That's it. Yeah. Great coinage of a term. Uh, It's already pretty much in heavy rotation out there. It is. I see it everywhere. (laughs) People still ask, what is comfy? (laughs) That was me one day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, I was, I'm pretty proud of myself. I actually figured it out somehow through context. I don't know. Must have just had a good brain day. Do you know what the, uh, the, uh, acronym AP or app stands for? 
I do. Do I have to say it though? Yes. Oh gosh. Uh, ahoy, Paloy. We used to call it.